Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? It's another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy coming to you on this Thursday from the PAXA Studios in Honolulu. And up here for the first time in a while, uh, my man, uh, KHON2 Sports Director, Robbie D. Rob DeMello is in the house. Dude, it has been a minute, as the kids say today. <laughs> I don't think they'd still say that. Yeah, they might. We wouldn't know. It's been a minute right? since yeah. they've said it's been yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it has been a long time, man. We had March Madness going on, which would always fall on a Thursday, and that's usually when I'm in here. Um, but it's good to be back, man. Yeah. It, it's good to be back, and, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love I love doing this. Well, we've both been going through some stuff here, um, and I do want to, without hopefully, uh, you know, putting too much of, of your family stuff out there, um, you know, this is something that I, I referenced on the baseball broadcast, and just kind of now that you're here in front of me, and this is the first time that we've actually, like, spent some physical time together, uh, just wanted to send you my uh, best wishes and love and condolences uh, because I lost my pops recently and not long after that you lost your pops uh, junior boy DeMello who was just one of the great dudes um, one of the uh, biggest UH fans uh, in typical Portuguese fashion had an opinion <laughs> about everything when it pertained uh, to UH sports and, and was awfully awfully proud uh, of his son for sure and um, I I Knowing that we have both gone through it uh, in in very similar time frames, I just uh, I know at least to a degree what you were experiencing. So just wanted to express uh, my uh, my love and, and condolences to you and your family. I appreciate that, man. And um, you know, obviously, you know we we talk a lot about you and I always kind of seem to be going through similar things at the same time. And and this is just another thing. And you know, you've been super. Uh, helpful and a huge support to me through this and so much mahalo to you man and um you know i uh it, it, it almost just seems fitting that we're here it's we're crazy, talking right? about uh and, and and local sports and hawaii sports and really that was his his pride and and it's what got me into sports and um you know we I, i'm i'm pretty private I, you should say you know on social media like i pretty much stick to work and you know putting my work stuff out there um through my my public profiles and um you know this is one thing that i did uh, let people know about and i thought it was important because you know my dad was a baseball coach for many years too a youth baseball coach here in hawaii and i know he coached a lot of people and that was his absolute passion and so um you know i wanted to make sure that some of it, uh, you know those people and friends knew about it but uh i just want to say thanks to everyone who reached out i mean people were so yeah, thoughtful and generous and nice uh, through this time and, and so much mahalo to everybody and uh you know it, it, and it just it, it increases and, and heightens the the pride and the passions that that he had that we shared and you know um and, and so definitely uh, hawaii sports is one of them and you know i remember vividly as a little kid really even obsessing over Hawaii sports, whether it's UH or athletes at, at the time that, that were from Hawaii um, when I was a kid. And I, I would obsess over it and try to learn as much as I could about it just so I could talk to my dad about it. That was like our the thing that we we related with, and, and that was our bond. And so it, it's crazy how it led me into a, a career and it led me into a, a lifestyle and all this. And it all started uh, – 
you know, as a little kid, just wanting to know as much as I could about UH so that I could impress him or talk to him about it or whatever. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely the the legacy he leaves behind. Yeah. um, What always stood out to me was, first off, every time I saw him, he would tell me a joke. And usually (laughs) they were jokes that could not be repeated uh, in in live uh, radio context. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The other thing is he would always refer to you as Robert. He never Mm -hmm. said, like, Rob or Robbie. And so it always took me a second because, you know, when I first met him, I was working at KITV for, uh, you know, under Robert K. Kaula. And so it was like Robert and Rob. And so every time I would talk to him the first few times, I thought he was talking about K. Kaula. And so, uh, but that, that took some getting used to, but it was funny. He would always refer to you as Robert, like very, very formally uh, yeah. when he was talking about you. And uh, a very thick pigeon accent. So it yeah. was never Robert. It was Robert. <laughs> Robert. Like, right? Robert. When I was growing up, I thought my name was Rabbit. And I was like, what? Who's this Robert guy uh, he's talking about? And then you, the thing that stood out to me forever before I met him, uh, we were talking story, and you're like, "Yeah, you know what my dad looks like," and you know, we were just, <laughs> and you go, and and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, you haven't met your dad yet, uh, you know, was he?" And you're like, "You seen that um, rap rapling or Fate Yanagi video <laughs> yeah. when he plays that character? He's like, he looks kind of like that." And then I met him, I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. it does absolutely!" <laughs> uh, just this kind of, um, you know, had had a little bit of like the kinky hair style, and you know, had the tan right because. He's yeah. baseball coach. He's always outside, and, and he oh, walked man. with a strut. Like yeah, yeah, kind of like a little like, bit, yeah, like yeah. the opu <laughs> yeah. out a little bit, right? Yeah. Just kind of like you know that that uh, somewhat entitled yeah. like local brother walk, and oh, it was it was yeah. great. He, and he that's was... why I always used to tell him, "I sorry, but I sad." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, miss the dude, and uh, and yeah, much love uh, to you guys, and um, it's it's also really cool because uh, before he passed, you had the. Um, Aloha to Aloha Stadium event. Uh, and I know you did something that um, I, I think you're probably very happy uh, you did, uh, considering what, you know, the timing of, of, of the fact that your dad not long after that passed. Yeah, uh, went to the, the Aloha Stadium event, and, and I had known about this option out there, and I never really gave two thoughts about it. And then um, I was there experiencing the whole thing, and, and then I saw that, hey, seats are available for purchase. And you know, we we sat in the same seats the my entire life, and you know he had those seats before I was born, and, and so really the my my grandfather had gotten season tickets when the stadium first opened, and then uh, bef- maybe uh, maybe when I was like one or two years old, my grandfather moved to California so that he could travel. My dad took over those seats and then had them all the way through uh, the stadium's closure. And uh, so then I was just there experiencing it. And, you know, my father was sick at the time and, and we kind of knew what was inevitable. He was in hospice care already at that point. And I was just looking up at the seats. It was, you know, section MM, red, seats one and two, row two. And I'm looking up at it and I was like, you know, it's no one's ever sat in those seats. No one's ever had those seats except my family, right? I mean, from my grandfather to my dad. My dad and I went to every single game, uh, you know, up until I started working and uh, so I was like, you know, I, I need to get these seats. And so I purchased those seats. Um, and I the next day, I was able to go to the house and tell my dad what I had done. And uh, at that time, he was still, you know, talking and and, uh, and he was really touched. And, he, you know, he cried uh, oh, wow. telling him about it. And, um, and I got him maybe about a week later after that. Um, and unfortunately... Uh, 
you know, that was probably about a week or two before he had gone. And, and really the last couple of weeks, there wasn't a lot of communication. Uh, we weren't able to have a lot of conversations. Um, I talked a lot, though, and, you know, and was able to tell him everything. And and so uh, we had them at the house, at, you know, and uh, all the way up until uh, his time came. And so uh, it's still there. Uh, I told my mom that she go, you know, hold on to it. And and that's kind of like the, the spot. Everyone comes to the house. And, you know, obviously after his passing, a lot of family members and friends came down to the house and to hang out. And uh, and everyone kind of, you know, we're taking turns sitting in the seats and talking story. And, uh, that's and cool. it's it's really, really nice. And I'm glad that those seats will be part of the family forever. And I'm not sure if that option is still available to people. But anyone who's listening that maybe was thinking about it, didn't even know it was a, an option. I, I know the, the auction website through the stadium um still offers some things that you can purchase i don't know if seats are still it but uh that was my experience and uh i'm super super glad that we did that and and, and it's goes beyond just owning the seats at aloha stadium it's memories it's perpetuating you know experiences and uh, uh really glad we did that yeah that's re- that's really great man that's really great um you know our, our, you you kind of touched on it like our our lives careers have kind of been interwoven in many ways right uh, met you at HPU mm-hmm. um, when I was at KITV I had been uh, doing some announcing for HPU you had just started doing some of the PA announcing yeah, and buckle there. up this is crazy it's Anyone crazy who doesn't know this yeah and then so I was working at KITV I got my first full-time job under uh, Robert Kekaolo he was taking over as sports director this was in 99 Dan Meisen's always the the weekend sports anchor and everyone was sort of moved up a spot because Sean Ching had uh, transitioned over to news and then it wasn't long after that that Dan Meisenzal was making the same transition I moved up to the weekend anchor and we were looking for a third reporter sports departments had three full-time positions back then folks back in the old days um and of course uh who did we hire but this uh, young guy named rob demello so he comes into kitv we work together we become uh best of friends uh, and then i leave kitv i go to khon for a while and um you know was so there then f- i move up to the yeah, your so old you, spot yeah so you moved up to the weekend uh, sports anchor position and then uh, so i was the sports director at khon uh for nine years uh john venary was the weekend sports anchor and then john made a transition actually went over into production slash news uh and so i was looking for uh someone to to kind of take his spot uh and while it was i guess a little bit of a lateral type of move it was also kind of an opportunity for us to work together again and that was a bit of a dream come true and so you came over to khon and then when i left khon you became the sports director over there and so it's just kind of funny how everything's been slotted uh, in that way i mean you could even uh, on, on on another level suggest uh, you know me working um primarily with spectrum sports and then you started doing a lot of spectrum sports stuff and now we work together am 1500 uh, on, on the football uh, games yeah Leahy and Leahy on pbs on, uh, <laughs> on, on radio pbs when you were producing Leahy and Leahy, like it's always been interwoven and then here we are uh our dads also pass around similar uh times so i think what i'm waiting for is when uh maybe i don't know and the way the pattern goes maybe me first whatever but hopefully in some iteration when are we both going to hit the mega bucks yeah, that's yeah, what that's, i'm trying to get to here. i've been waiting for that well and that's the good thing is that when you do hit the mega bucks I'm just crew it because I'm like, well, then my time's coming any day <laughs> Yeah, now. that's right. Like, You're like, we're going to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Going to hit it big. Let's just go get the uh, the suite, the yeah. penthouse suite, because we know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're just waiting for that yeah. little break, you know. Um, but, no, it's it's uh, it's kind of trippy to reflect on that. And, uh, again, I just uh, I appreciate you being up here. And, and thanks for sharing. Yeah, and I know that was a, kind of a, a personal uh, detour that we took here at the top of the show. Uh, so I appreciate you being willing to share.
Ah, I appreciate you, man, always. All right. Um, well, let's try to transition here into uh, some more traditional sports talk radio stuff. 808-296-1420 is the number. Uh, it's opening day in baseball. Uh, I know that this, for you, is a big day. You're wearing your Angels hat. Uh, that is your squad. I'm already uh, kind of beside myself as a Mets fan because uh, already we're without Edwin Diaz, who got injured during the World Baseball Classic. The news broke today that Justin Verlander, uh, our big money acquisition in the offseason, is uh, on the IL to start uh, the season. And so things aren't going great uh, for me in, in, in Mets world. But uh, opening day is always, you know, hope springs eternal, uh, both literally and figuratively. Uh, Major League Baseball is underway how does that strike you oh i love it man i've been you know me man this is my day this is like i love this day uh, this is like my equivalent to like the first day of march madness where like everyone's just super psyched to just be watching games all day long and, and that's how i am with with major league baseball opening day um it helps because the team that i like uh, hasn't been the best over the years uh so therefore opening day you don't have to worry about where they are in the standings or anything you just enjoy <laughs> baseball and seeing these guys you know every year there's new players and um you know this year comes with a little bit of anxiety because of the Shohei Otani kind of cloud that's hanging over the mm -hmm. Angels as far as, like, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win, or you're going to lose this unicorn, right? Um, but with that being said, I absolutely love Major League Baseball. I love the Angels, and I love the—we talked about this a, a month ago, is the, the rule changes yeah, I was just about to ask within you about the that. game— I am a huge, huge supporter of the pitch clock, and I am a huge supporter even of the, the size of the bases. I think it's going to increase stolen base attempts. We're already seeing some of that. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to really, at the end of the day, increase the steals, but attempts, I think it's, it's going to be there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think that any that that's uh, improvements that the game need. You need to evolve or else you get left behind in anything. And, and so I think with Major League Baseball, these are spot on, and I'm excited for this season to play out. Uh, as you can probably guess, uh, I differ on a couple of those things, opinion-wise. Uh -huh. uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll, I do want to delve into some of the rule changes. I, I mentioned this on the show uh, and even on the baseball broadcast uh, last week, and, and there are just some elements of it that I'm worried about, uh, maybe not at this time of year, but as we get into the higher stakes games, particularly in the postseason. And part of what reminded me of this concern was the World Baseball Classic and how enjoyable that was to watch. A reminder, though, uh, Domino's Pizza Hawaii, supporter of Let's Talk Sports, and uh, big mahalo to Mike Rompel. Uh, Domino's Hawaii uh, have really gone above and beyond to try to help the community at, at difficult times during the pandemic, trying to offer deals, make it a little bit easier for family uh, to feed themselves. And, and during now this time where we're all kind of banding together to fight inflation, they're doing the same. If you order online, uh, Domino's Hawaii has all kinds of discounts available including 20% off uh, many menu-priced items. So big thanks once again to Domino's Pizza Hawaii. They deliver aloha, and they support this show. So uh, we will be back. Robbie D is in the house.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Rob DeMello, KHON2 Sports Director, is joining me up here. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. We were talking about opening day. What I like about opening day in the major leagues this year particularly uh, is that you got everybody playing, right? There have been some years where they've had like a double header as kind of like the de facto opening day for national television or whatever it may be. And then the league-wide opening day the next day. I kind of like that we're just all jumping into it here. Uh, full blast, deep into the pool. Let's do it. First of 162. By the way, Aaron Judge, his first at bat, first pitch, hits the first home run of the 2023 season. So, uh, folks, he had a year last year, hit uh, 61 home runs, and he's now on pace to hit 162. <laughs> so uh, look out. Get ready because this is going to be big news. Yeah, you know, and and you got to expect there's going to be multiple home run games. So really, that number should be bigger than yeah. on pace to hit 162. That's, that's right. Uh, but we are seeing some of the rule changes uh, having an impact, right? We're seeing some more action on the base pads, some attempted steals, some stolen bases. Uh, that's part of what the rule changes were there to try to encourage, right? The new pickoff rule changes or the disengagement rule where anytime a pitcher steps off the rubber or fakes a pickoff move or makes a check throw, uh, to a base that's considered one disengagement. You get two of them per at bat. A third one has to result in either an out or an advancement of the base or it's a balk. Uh, and so, yeah, you have some of that stuff that, that might still take some getting used to, especially from the fan perspective. Uh, but, uh, yeah, going to be very, um, very interesting, I think, to, um, to see how this plays out. I, my issue... Uh, with the pitch clock, because I, I do think overall it's it's a necessary move because you you can't have through a 162 game season the average time uh, duration for a game being three and a half to four hours long. Like that's just not feasible it's just too much of a commitment from a television viewing standpoint especially the younger generation which is a little bit more into uh, you know immediate and instant gratification uh, and so i get it i think what was weird for me though it was a reminder was watching the world baseball classic and I i'm not sure with everything that was going on how much you were able to really be engaged with that uh, but it struck me as being the best the most the the purest form of the game of baseball. Uh, you could see the joy, the, the sheer unadulterated, uh, non, non sort of like political, uh, economical joy that these players were taking. And, and a lot of them commented on saying like, this is, reminds me how I felt when I was playing in high school, when I was playing like upper little leagues, like they seemed like they were playing the game for the sheer joy of it. And that was something that translated even through the TV screen. And I found myself particularly enjoying uh, with some of those high stakes games, the pitcher batter duels down the stretch. And what I thought about was there's no pitch clock in the World Baseball Classic. And there was no point in time uh, through those last few rounds and, and, and into the, the bracket play. Um, there was no time that I felt like, wow, this is taking forever. Like I, I th there was none of that. I, it almost what, what I was reminded of was kind of how much I enjoy that part of the game when the stakes are high. So if you're talking about, you know, mid-June uh, or late May and, you know, dog days of summer, one of 162 games, and it's like, you know, taking 30 seconds to 45 seconds between pitches, it's like, all right, let's get on with it. But when you're talking about big stakes games, I don't know, the the from a, a television production standpoint, that 
is one of my favorite things I was reminded of. When you have the, the extreme close-up of the pitcher looking in at the signs, the extreme close-up of the batter looking at the pitcher, the extreme close-up of both managers, fans biting their nails, and then here comes the tension continuing to wind as the pitcher comes to the set, and then the delivery is like, it all gets released, and you know whatever happens, maybe it's fouled off. It's like, okay, we start to do that again. And to me, that drama, that tension is part of my favorite aspect of the game of baseball. And I'm not sure how that's going to translate come postseason time with the pitch clock. Uh, I think that is my concern. I agree with you. You've said this on the show before. I think the pitch clock is a necessary change. Um, you, you just, you just got to do it. Uh, but I think that's my concern now. And I was reminded of that by watching the World Baseball Classic. Okay, so the one thing I'll say is with the World Baseball Classic, yes, there is no pitch clock. But, what, 80% of the players that are playing in that thing are preparing themselves for this season. And so in the World Baseball Classic games that I had watched, yes, there was no pitch clock, but these pitchers weren't milking the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They were, you know, Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. I mean, you can go back and play out that at bat again. That was not the typical years ago time between pitches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, there was no pitch clock, but Shohei Otani was in spring training before this. He knows what is coming up this year, and so he is moving quicker than he usually would, and I think that goes for so many of the other pitchers, and yes, there wasn't that clock staring them in the face, but they were moving quicker even when it seems like they weren't, and so that's my my only kind of Rebuttal to that is that, yeah, there wasn't a pitch clock, but these guys were moving quick. And I'm pretty sure that if you were to put up a pitch clock, it would be pretty close. At least most of the time. Most of the time. And, and yes, maybe they wouldn't be in their windup yet. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And that would be an issue. Um, but they were moving quicker. And, and so I just don't think it's going to change that game that much. And I do think that it's going to make the game better. I really do. Um because even when, you know, I watch a ton of baseball, and yes, those moments are awesome, but those moments that you're talking about, a lot of them aren't batter, pitcher, pitcher, batter, pitch, right? They're showing fans. They're showing the manager. They're showing – I mean, there is so much extra of that time that if you eliminated all that other stuff – See, but I like some of that other stuff. I like some of that other stuff. Yeah, but the it, scene, the the atmosphere. No, the but vibe. you're not gonna lose that. I mean, I've been watching spring training. You still get that. I mean, you still, you know, it's not like it's three seconds. Like it's not mm -hmm. like ball in hand. Okay, here it comes. Like like playing a video game, right? And you hit the button to get past <laughs> like the little load up screen. Like you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like it's not like that. I mean, it. there's still some time. It still creates the drama. It still creates the anticipation of what you're about to see. Um, it, it just takes off a lot of the excess fat that really needs to be trimmed. Uh, Marcus Stroman, I think, was the first pitcher to be um, uh, penalized for the violation of the pitch clock uh, here today. And so uh, there will be some of that feeling out process. I kind of felt like through spring training, the umpires were being very particular, uh, very strident about making sure that they enforced the rule. I'm not saying that I'm mean, with the clock there. It's kind of hard not to, uh, but there are some, there is at least a small hint of judgment with regard to the batter's engagement of the yeah. pitcher, right? It's like eyes got to be on the pitcher. Pitcher's eyes got to be on the batter. And, and that stuff can, can get, 
a little murky potentially, I think, uh, from the umpiring standpoint. But I felt like they were being extra judicious in the spring uh, because they were trying to send the message. Uh, we'll see over the course of a, a longer sample size in the regular season just what that's going to feel like. I just thought of something, and this could go to why you feel this way about this specific rule, and it might, it might be because you're a broadcaster. And it's going to be much harder oh. for Major League broadcasters to tell stories within at-bats like they do now That's or like they've done over the years where, you know, there, there's been times where, you know, you can kind of get through a story, boom, yeah. deliver the punchline, deliver the boom, this is the, the, the pinnacle of the story, here we go, and then the pitch, boom, and right? Now it's like it's going to be <laughs> cut into like little like, and so anyway, so the other day I was, yeah. there's the pitch. And so <laughs> Madison Baumgartner once chopped up a snake, and that's the end of the inning. So like that's the thing. Like if Vince Scully was still doing oh, it, then, then it'd be a problem. Yeah, it would absolutely yeah. be a problem because nobody had a, a greater sort of uh, instinctive knack for timing a story, and even if it's like a <laughs> really deep winding story uh within the parameters of a single at bat he was the best at it uh, and it's always funny how the at bat seemed to just perfectly right. last like like they'd foul off seven pitches just to give vin uh the uh, the, the the right amount of time to be NFL able to finish the story would be adamant that it's scripted because of the way he was able to. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So I think if Vin was still around, yeah. Uh, but if you're talking about me from the vantage point of a broadcaster, like, you know, of the college game, oh, I love me a pitch clock. <laughs> oh, 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 Robbie D, I love me a pitch clock, man. If we can keep those games under three hours, we had a two-and-a-half-hour game this past weekend at Les Murakami Stadium. Oh, 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 do not get it twisted. I love me a pitch clock in that situation. Yeah, those rainbow baseball <laughs> games have been flying and <laughs> And so entertaining. I yeah. mean, so these last few, especially the last few home series, uh, and even one of them was Hawaii losing. But, man, just so entertaining. And, and, and the game just goes. And, yeah, I absolutely love it. I think I think that as this goes on and time goes on and we're going to get to the midway point of the season, I think the pitch clock is going to be the most significant rule adjustment in this game in a very long time. Um, and I think it's making the game absolutely better. And that means a lot to me because I love baseball more than anything. Yeah. And, and I think that this makes baseball better, so I'm all for it. I, I'm, I'm curious to also see over a regular season sample size of significance um, the numbers from a hitting and pitching standpoint and how they may be impacted from the pitch clock. That'll be kind of uh, interesting because I think there are a lot of presumptions being made like, oh, this gives the pitcher more of an advantage or this gives the hitter more of an advantage. I I I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see if there's any data that would support uh, over the course of a regular season sample size, uh, you know, which way that would go. Well, I'll tell you what, hit numbers are going to go up 1,000%. They won't go up 1,000%. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I told you. Aaron Judge, 162 <laughs> home runs. I meant they're going to go up, guarantee. Uh, but it's going to be less about the pitch clock and it's going to be more about the shift, right? And so you have these two things happening at the same time. So it's like, oh, pitch clock and then the elimination of the shift. And then I guarantee you hit totals are going to go up. And it's going to be because of the shift and not because of the pitch clock. But you're going to be able to to you know, kind of create the narrative that, that you want as a baseball fan. But uh, that's the, the next biggest thing that, that I'm most excited about is the elimination of the shift. And w when you look at – I love defense. I love middle infield defense. It's probably my favorite thing to watch on a baseball yeah, field. Yeah, I agree. And we have seen the diving catch by a second baseman, the – 
over the shoulder shortstop snagging a hit away like we've seen a lot of those things uh eliminated in, in a certain standpoint you still see it sometimes but i mean even look at someone like colton wong that a lot of people in hawaii watch religiously mm-hmm. um you didn't see the amount of dazzling plays that you saw earlier in his career and a lot of it had to do with the shift because he's being put into positions there they become routine plays right and uh, that's what i've missed about baseball over the years is you know uh a left-handed hitter that just hitting a a, a perfect ground ball right to the second baseman that's playing shallow right next to the first baseman with the right field, the right, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, it, it's been brutal. I, I hate that part of the game. And so I do see baseball improving with this rule change as well, eliminating that shift and, and creating more of a baseball atmosphere. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, uh, that, that's, that's pretty cool. I, you know, that one's another one that I felt a little strange about just from the standpoint of like, I just didn't understand why that wasn't more self sort of policed, right? Like why didn't uh, hitters or teams or franchises, and a lot of this just has to do with analytics and front office decision-making where it's like, no, no, we're not going to try to beat the shift by bunting down the line or something like that, uh, which would then, you would imagine, uh, force the opposing team to counter by just lining up traditionally defensively. Uh, but they were like, no, let's just hit over the shift, o- over the fence and, and out of the park because that's what the analytics tell us to do. And so, yeah, I think if if it got to the point where I think – the, the analytics have been running the show and, and have, have running operation and schematics in baseball uh, to such an almost religious extent uh, that I think Major League Baseball had no choice but to say, all right, we, we got to do something to legislate that. We have to ban the ship because I agree with you. It takes away uh, one of the great elements of the game, which is middle infield, double plays, middle infield, um, you know, diving stops, and um, and even in the outfield, right? Even even with uh, some of the, the plays in the gap and those kinds of things that sometimes the shift uh, would sort of adjust. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it was also a necessary change, but I, I did feel a little funny about that because it was just like, well, why why weren't you just valuing bases and you could have policed that thing yourself? Yeah, the craziest one is like watching the Rays and the third baseman is playing between the first and second <laughs> base and you're like, what is yeah. this? And that's Come also on. been tough from a broadcaster like, standpoint. Yeah. You're like, who is that fielding the yeah. ball? <laughs> I think that's Colton Wong. No, he's in left field. Yeah. What? What is happening over here? All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll play a little game called Would You Rather with my man Rob DeMello. Robbie D of KHON2 Sports is joining us. Let's Talk Sports rolls on. All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Robbie D, Rob DeMello is joining me, KHON2 Sports Director, and we're going to play a uh, special game, very tailored to Rob DeMello specifically. It's sort of the the special Rob DeMello version of a game we call uh, Would You Rather? All right. Would okay. you rather? So uh, this is going to be, again, tailored to you. So uh, it's going to hopefully uh, hit close to home here. Uh, would you rather? Watch your Angels play in person at Fenway Park or at Yankee Stadium. Ooh, I'm going to go Fenway Park. Yeah, I'm going to go Fenway Park. and You got to say why. I like the history of that stadium. I, I mean, it's probably number one on the list of places I want to go as far as to watch a baseball game. Okay, so you've so never been. I've never been. I, I've never been to Yankee Stadium okay, either. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, I think so, so why the, why is it sort of out out uh, because my favorite measuring. thing about sports and we've talked about this before is the fan participation aspect right 
it's I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I love watching soccer because of the fan participation within a game, right? I love when a, a batter comes up and the fans sing along to their walk-up song. I, I mean, that is like my favorite part. It gives me chicken skin. It, it gives me great joy. Uh, and so Fenway Park is a place that has a lot of those traditions where you sing along to certain songs uh, during the, the, you know, the, the in-between innings or whether it's at a certain point of the game. And, and so I just want to experience that. And if we're being super specific, I want to sit atop the green monster. And Whoa! So, that's probably number one bucket list sports thing for me. I did not know. This is the first I'm hearing about this. Is I want to watch the Angels play the Red Sox, and I sit atop the Green Monster for oh, that game. I was really tapping into something. Here. Yeah, well, like I, I didn't realize. Like this is in your wheelhouse. I, yeah. I just I just came yeah. up with a question just because I thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear your response. But I didn't realize that this is like something that's on the radar already. You yeah. want to sit atop the Green Monster? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it, man. Let's that sounds great. Let's do it. Let's go on a trip. We could call Jemai to get hookups. Right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, uh, so that was the easiest uh, answer for me because it is a uh, number one on my sports bucket list. Okay, and well, you that's just, cool. You just tapped right into it. Man. I did watch a game at Yankee Stadium, so I guess if it were flipped like Mets playing at one of those stadiums, it would be Fenway just because I haven't been there yet. Uh, but uh, this is again tailored to Rob Dinello. <laughs> uh, all right, next one. Uh, this is a little bit different. Uh, would you rather attempt a cartwheel? Or attempt the splits. <laughs> well, I I I have attempted a cartwheel recently, and, and so and what? I, and uh, well, I mean, I have three kids, and okay, you but know. you attempted the cart. Like, were you trying to show them how to do a cartwheel? No. <laughs> oh no! I think it's just this is bad it news. It just happens, man. This it, is bad. It happens. Hey, I'm a cool hey, dad. Look out, I'm kids. a cool dad. Okay? Hey guys, kids, 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 move <laughs> yeah. over. Let pops show you how it's done. Uh, and, and so yeah, so I, I mean, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could tell you, at the age of forty, that I haven't done cartwheels in many years, but that's just not the reality. Have uh, you ever done a cartwheel? Yeah, like okay. I probably a month ago. <laughs> I mean, did you land it? Yeah, like okay. a cart, not like a backflip. Yeah, yeah, like a, a cart. cart yeah, no, stop making like it's the easiest <laughs> thing ever. My gosh, if I attempted one right now, I would hurt so many ligaments. There'd uh, just be so many ligament tears. Uh, so, so to answer your question, I would love to. What was the other option? The splits. Uh, oh, actually, I just passed completely. <laughs> um, I can't do the splits, and I'm okay with that. So I'm gonna. I'm going to stay with doing another cartwheel. Yeah. No, I can't even pray to <laughs> attempt to do the splits. Well, I thought uh, you were saying you can't even pray. That's how bad your body is right now. <laughs> like, you can't even put your hands together. I can't even and... pray on my knees. That's how non-flexible I am, let alone try to do the splits, let alone try to do a cartwheel. Um, yeah, I think I did a cartwheel when I was like nine, and I don't think it went well, and I've well, never attempted it since. That's probably the issue is that I'm probably the size of you when you were nine. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier for me to do a cartwheel at my age. So. Oh, okay, interesting. That's the it's science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, here's another one. Kind of go back to your uh, Angels fandom. Would you rather, if given the opportunity, take a selfie with Shohei Otani or Mike Trout? Uh, you know, that's it. I. Oh. Uh, oh. You know, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's Mike Trout. Mike Trout's my favorite baseball player. Um, I'll take okay, you back but he to struck the, out. He to struck. the World Shohei Baseball Otani Classic him out. was the, like one of the most stressful moments of my entire life. And <laughs> and then when 
when uh, when Trout struck out, I have to admit I was pretty sad. <laughs> I was pretty sad. Were you about really? It. Yeah, and not so because you you were rooting for Trout to was that it's kind of Team USA, of course. Also, yeah, and you know, tie the game would be very dramatic. It had nothing to do with USA Japan. Okay, it had okay. nothing to do with who I was rooting for. It had nothing to do with not rooting for Shohei. I just wanted to see Trout because I I love Mike Trout. I love watching him play baseball. Um, you know, you know, we were working together when Mike Trout was drafted, and we watched that draft in the sports office. And I was excited about like, oh, here we go. And and then following his career through the majors, even though it was only a couple of years. I mean, the minors, even though it was a short time, uh, him getting the call up. And I remember watching that game. It was a Friday, and they were wearing their retro uniforms. And, and so, you know, that's the closest thing to an uh, an athlete that I follow um, that reminisces to, like, watching David Justice as a kid, where it's like, I I just love watching this guy play. And so um, Mike Trout, I guess, is the answer. But with that being said, I... I, I don't I don't know if I want to take a selfie with Mike Trout to be honest. Like that's never been a thought. Like I've never wanted to meet him. I've never wanted to like um, take a picture with him or, or something. I just like watching him play baseball. Wow, but. he really hurt you by striking out. <laughs> You're like I don't even want a picture with that loser. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, be, but I mean, for the sake of the game, like yeah, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, anything. I think. Any question you ask, it's you know Mike Trout or Shohei or any, this athlete. It, it's always going to be Mike Trout. If given the opportunity, yeah. as we move on here very smoothly, um, would you rather full speed take a lap around a track on a horse or a lap around a track in a NASCAR? Uh, I'm driving. Yes, it's, okay. it's you. It's okay. you as the rider. I'm, I'm not it's like you a as the driver. No, okay. no, yeah. Uh, no, you're not like on the back of the horse, yeah. but like a jockey. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Um, I would have to go with the NASCAR, even though I'm not. You've driven with me. <laughs> You've been frustrated. Oh, Holy, with how... <laughs> moly. Holy moly! Holy <laughs> moly! This is gonna open up a hole. Yeah, yeah. Rob's <laughs> lack of a sense of direction is is actually it's it's actually jarring. Like it's unnerving to be honest. Like, um, you know, this is a one way, right, Rob? <laughs> no, don't. no. But you know, what's funny is um, when we're working together, we would drive together a lot, and you know, mm. we you'd pick me up or I pick you up, and we <laughs> and the the one that I and I still think about this to this day is I get lost in just driving and, you know, you're thinking about things or whatever, talking story or whatever, and I always find myself behind a bus, and it doesn't bother me <laughs> at all. But Kanoa, oh, like, Kanoa would be like, you know you can go around this bus, right? <laughs> there are other lanes, Rob. There are other lanes. And I'm just cool, man. It's just like, you know, every 30 yards, this thing stops, and I'm stopping behind it. I'm just like, yeah, we'll get there eventually. It's, oh, my gosh. And so I'm not into driving fast. I'm not like, you know, I don't have a need for speed, and so I've never been into wanting to drive a NASCAR but I am terrified of riding a horse, so therefore I'm yeah. gonna go with the NASCAR. But it would be the slowest ride in NASCAR history. Rob would be I'll the, find myself yeah, behind a yeah. bus somehow. Rob, Rob would be the only one who would like need GPS to like get around the track. Like I'm, I just got, I kind of got lost, guys. Which which way am I supposed to go? Yeah, I think I made that joke at your wedding too. It was yeah. like back in the MapQuest days, where it was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Rob would be the only guy that would need MapQuest to find Ice Palace from Aloha Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, NASCAR it would be. All right, last one. Would you rather, at a UH baseball game, eat a warrior dog or chicken strips and fries? 
Ooh, chicken strips and fries. Yeah, chicken strips and fries. Uh, nothing against the warrior dog. Uh, I just don't eat a lot of hot dogs, and I eat a lot of chicken. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much uh, just gives me my answer right there. And I've been faced with that dilemma countless times <laughs> and have always chosen chicken strips and french fries. What's the easier to do a cartwheel while holding? Probably a hot dog <laughs> because, you know, with the chicken strips and fries, it comes on that big brown cardboard, and you're going to have to, like, somehow keep that yeah. thing upright. The hot dog, man, you can just you can grab it and you do your cartwheel, and uh, you're on your way to Fenway Park. I mean, it's like a foot long. Yeah. Hot yeah, dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> half the size of me. <laughs> Freaking big. All right, we're going to take a break. Let's talk sports. We'll finish up when we come back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Rob DeMello is also here. He is the KHON2 Sports Director. Liz Stacy is working the board. Uh, this is the end of the show, the, the home stretch, right? The, uh, the final two minutes and uh, what we, or in this case, five minutes. But, like, you get it, like, in, in the context of a game. And so, uh, bottom of the ninth inning, however you want to do it. Uh, and so, what we like to always finish our show with is uh, our best and worst. But Rob's here. And so what has become, uh, we've been doing this show for, we're going to be making a year probably in like a couple of months. And, uh, and what has always been a, a bit complicated is when Rob is here, uh, he uh, has such a positive and optimistic <laughs> outlook on the world. Uh, and, and maybe it's also just, you know, out of a lack of desire to come up with one. He never has a worst. He only comes with, with bests. And so I think I've I've resisted and I've kind of tried to to shame you over it and I think I've finally come around to like you know what let's just embrace it. And so on Rob DeMello Thursdays when you are here there will be no worsts. We will only do best. I love it. All right? So I love it. what then though <laughs> on the other <laughs> side of that coin complicates things is uh you know I was thinking well if I do a best and you do a best Maybe we'll see if uh, you know Liz wants to jump in <laughs> with a best. So I asked Liz uh, during the break. I said, Liz, you have uh, you want to you want to jump in with a best? You thought about it for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden the the bumper music was playing. I was like, so what, Liz? You came up with one? And she's like, No, I didn't come up with one. And then uh, she actually added, what did you say, Liz? She actually you, added. You caught me on a bad week. <laughs> yeah, I honestly haven't had a worse week. No, in but a I, while, I believe the specific uh, the, the quote was record breaking bad yeah, week. Yeah, record breakingly. Bad week. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Is there anything you want to share about that? I'm glad that, that you guys are feeling optimistic, and I don't want to ruin the, those vibes, so oh. just carry on. Wow. Well, Let me all, soak it in. All the, all the sudden, I'm very sad. Um, you, you just need to talk with Rob. Rob will, Rob will turn your uh, your lenses rose-colored in no time. Uh, all right. Do you have a best here, Rob DeMello? Yes. My best in honor of Major League Baseball opening day is... The four players with Hawaii ties that are on opening day rosters across the league. You got Colton Wong with the Seattle with the Mariners, Mariners making his Mariners debut, moving to the American League after spending nine years in the NL Central with the Cardinals and Brewers. So what an experience for him to be able to face new pitching and go to new ballparks. And this is pretty awesome. Not a bad time to go to that franchise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you got Josh Rojas, another fellow former University of Hawaii standout with the Arizona Diamondbacks, his hometown Diamondbacks. That makes it so cool. Yeah. This guy is living the major league dream like minutes away from his home and his family in attendance every single home game. I mean, that is just awesome. Good for him. Uh, you also got 
uh, Kirby Yates with the Atlanta Braves, a relief pitcher. After three years of going through injuries, he's only played in 15 games since his 2019 All-Star season. But now he's with the Braves. He's healthy. He's uh, looked uh, to be a middle relief option for that team. And you got Isaiah Kinder-Fale yeah. with the Yankees. He's going to be the super utility guy. They're even looking at putting him back at catcher when they need to. Uh, he can play catcher, third, short outfield so uh definitely an opportunity for him with the yankees and i do want to mention that there's a handful of guys with hawaii ties that are on the cusp mm -hmm. that are in triple a that are looked up as options starts with joey cantillo with cleveland the pitcher from kailua you got kekai rios and jackson reese yeah. both former uh guys that are with the toronto blue jays triple a organization rico garcia with the oakland a's who are really is going to get a call up at any time uh as a number five starter for that franchise and a handful of others. Key and Wong, yeah. uh, you, you could add to that mix. Um, uh, Shane Sasaki's on his way up um, and Aaron Davenport with Cleveland. And so there's a bunch of guys that you're going to see in the major leagues. They have the skill set. They have um, the opportunities, but we just don't know when it's going to happen. But it's a very fun time for Hawaii baseball. Yeah, it is... Um that, that that's really remarkable i think uh when when you think about uh, how long some of these guys have have hung around right yeah. i mean i think um in the case of rojas you know there, there weren't a lot of people that necessarily predicted that he was going to make it to the show let alone hang on to this degree uh he's put himself uh to you know or given himself a pretty darn good career i think that if you were to ask about those four players uh, he was probably the one in hindsight that would be the biggest surprise maybe is that fair to say yeah, I would think so. I mean, you can make the argument of Isaiah just because he was drafted out of high school, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, out of mid-pack. And then so, you know, it's hard to project, like, how is this guy going to get there? But, you know, once he started playing, I mean, but it's a lot like Rojas where, I mean, he never had a bad season in the yeah. minor leagues. I mean, he was dominant. And then he got an early call up um, and, and then made the most of it there. And so, uh, but for sure, I, I think at the University of Hawaii, at that time, you knew that hey, this was a this was oh, a yeah. pro baseball player. You could player, see the talent, but without a is doubt. he a major leaguer? Correct, correct. Things would have to really line yeah. up, and they did. I'm, I'm like his game just uh, like went into orbit uh, after he he left the University of Hawaii and just refined everything from his swing, from his yeah. defense to everything. So yeah, congratulations to him. It's been really fun to watch. All right, I'm gonna keep it on the MLB tip uh, because what I am gonna use is my best. Uh, this was really cool before the Cardinals game. Uh, Adam Wainwright, veteran pitcher, going into his last season. That's the expectation. Sang the national anthem, and it was a bit of a surprise. He had lined up for intros along with his teammates, and then when they were introducing the singer of the national anthem, they started giving his bona fides, and the rest of his team looked at him all shocked, and he walked from the intro line to the microphone and sang the anthem. Uh, it was pretty darn good, too. That's awesome. I haven't heard this, so I'm, that's the first thing I'm going to do once we sign off. Would you rather sing the national... All right, we'll save that for another time. The answer is anything but. <laughs> all right, thanks, Robbie. Thanks, Liz. See you tomorrow, everybody.